Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am Big Poppy. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. And we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. The Yankees lose. We're just trying to make people not want to listen to this show. Yeah, honestly, at this point, we're getting too popular. I just don't know if the intros are cutting it at this point. <laughs> at this rate, somebody probably better shoot the guy in charge of the intros. <laughs> well, we're back once again, uh, ready to talk some more baseball news, and we have quite a few topics that we want to discuss today. Uh, LJ, shall we just jump right into it? I mean. No, no real time to waste. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, clearest story, probably the most amusing story as this team continues to falter, the Mets finding trouble once again. Of course, they're coming off of a terrible series this weekend against the Philadelphia Phillies, hoping to bounce back with an easy matchup against the Nationals. What happens? That game ends up getting rained out today, so they will have to make that up tomorrow meaning that this team is going to have to play yet another doubleheader. They've had yet another game canceled this year. I'm not sure what the record is for that, but they've had a million games canceled for a million different reasons this year. And that also doesn't bode well for their chances of keeping up. I mean, realistically, you could have gone into this and said, hey, they could certainly sweep the Nationals, but that looks next to impossible at this point if you're going to have to be dealing with a doubleheader as just about every doubleheader is split. So now you're actually looking at a very real scenario where they lose this series to Washington. Yeah, and, you know, I was going to pick Washington. I was really debating yesterday during our, our series picks to even just go 2-1 Washington, but I just don't know who some of these guys are on the team. Like, <laughs> I've just never heard of some of these players. And, I mean, if you want me to list some specific names, 
here's some of the players that are in that are on the team. Uh, well, they have Luis Garcia uh, is their second baseman. He's only 21 years old. Uh, off their bench, they've got Adrian Sanchez. Uh, Gerardo Parra is on the Nationals. Just just chilling, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure what kind of value he could be bringing at this point. Uh, and then just look at their pitching staff. I mean, some of these guys, I feel like I'm are just like made up out of thin air. LJ, have you heard of any of the guys in this in this bullpen for the um, other than Javi Guerra? No. That's literally it. I mean, this, this this looks like well, they had Brad Hand had for a minute. Had. <laughs> um, legitimately, it looks like when you go into a sports video game and you decide to either create a new team or delete a team's roster and replace it completely with computer generated names, Sam Clay. That's the right. name of the only lefty pitcher out of the bullpen for Washington right now. Uh, Legitimately, talk about I, how how Patrick Corbin is just somehow been just like he he's 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 again. Like he just he's just not good anymore. No, he he can't pitch, but he's an ace again. That's how that's how you do it. You find yourself on a team that is aging so poorly and their their window of winning closes so quickly that they end up having to have a fire sale and everybody they can sell is just about everyone else on the roster except you and then all of a sudden you're an ace again exactly what you were marketed as in the 2018 winter well i would love for him to you know have have a couple good starts at least so that i could call him an ace because i mean this is sad right now he just Jeez. Hey, look, you got maybe, maybe if we take the Luis Castillo approach to this, where you take out three quarters of the season and all of a sudden you find this tiny good part where he's got like a two-hour ERA and all of a sudden he's the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, um, you, you see, the thing is, unfortunately, I'm not even sure you can even do that with Patrick Corbin because it's just like, oh, hold on, I'm going to pull up his, his uh, game log here. But... I feel like he hasn't strung together like three good starts in a row yet this this year. I can't um, remember him putting together that good of starts in a row here. I'm going to pull it up right now. Yeah, no, LJ, the Mets, though, I mean, yes, they have to play a doubleheader once again. I would love to also see what their their our record is in those double headers, uh, and honestly, what percent of them are getting split? Because you're right, it does seem like it's oh, close to a hundred percent of the time that these seven inning double headers get split. As for Patrick Corbin, in April he had a ten point four seven ERA. Oof. May he had a four point two nine, which is a lot better. June, he had a 3.82. And July, 
August, he is at a 6.23. So May and June was, was normal. Uh, and then everything else, then May and June was bad. Uh, and of course, when you have such a bad first month, it really does not matter what you do for any two-month stretch in the middle of the year unless you continue to consistently put it together. Like, there are guys right now that people are just very casually noticing, hey, they have really good numbers because they really showed up over these last, like, three months. But because they had that one bad month, they get that stigma. The beginning of the year absolutely does mean a lot for public perception. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, think about how many guys get into the All-Star game basically just because of what they did in April. I mean, had your mean Mercedes not absolutely fallen off the face of the earth, you know, after the whole uh, hitting a hitting a home run off of off of a you know a fake pitcher. Uh, Let's see. Let's see what's going on in the world of Yerman Mercedes right now as you continue to go on. Well, and like my point is that he was so hot at the start of the year, it felt like almost a lock that he was going to be in the All Star game, in the Rookie of the Year contention. Talk about a roller coaster, though. I mean, that guy. All right, I'm a little confused. Again, this man continues to confound me. This is his own, his own his own personal choices, whatever he'd like to do. However, his most recent post on Instagram we've got here captioned home sweet home, hashtag the Yerminator, hashtag team Yappa, hashtag Kfui. And it's a video of him standing in a kiddie pool with a hose spraying himself. Um, He's just trying sure to cool off. Is. Just trying to cool off. Um, I also want to question, where is the White Sox AAA team? The White Sox, they're in Charlotte. So, not sure what he's doing in Miami, but. Um, the world of Yermin Mercedes. <laughs> the, well, the, the wonderful, the amazing world of Yermin. Um, at the same time, though, this just kind of popped into my head, guys being away from teams. This may be, this may come across as insensitive, but does it seem like paternity list time is like obscenely long sometimes like i'm sorry you're not popping out the kid you don't need to be there for three weeks in the middle of the season all right yeah i don't think it you know i always thought like three to five days it was a pretty good amount you know because like i'm sure it's very exciting to see your newborn kid and you're gonna want to spend a few days with it but yeah, LJ, three weeks. Why was there someone in specific that you? Uh, thought... that, that was being an, that was an exaggeration. But there have been some ones where it's like a week, or like there you you've seen it where there have been like obscenely long times on these. Really, I I don't even. The question actually becomes: Should there really be a full-on paternity list? Like, is that roster spot really that necessary? Because I feel like most good managers and good teams would be willing to let their player go even if there was no paternity list but yeah i mean i just because i i'm assuming most of these are based around the due date right so what i just looked up it says the paternity leave list 
may be used when a player chooses to leave the team to attend the birth of his child. A player placed on the paternity leave list must miss the next team game, but no more than three games. The team can use another player from its 40-man roster to replace a player on the paternity leave list. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, I guess it just came, it came as a bit of a shock for me when I first saw it because it's been what four years it hasn't been long yeah so so you get three days or three yeah basically three days max is, is what you get still i mean again how often is that really a necessary usage when like, you're when you're new when your kid's being born no no, I no, 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 no. i mean for the team oh. like I feel like just part 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 of me would rather see the teams just be decent people and let their player go. But anyway, you know, honestly, at the same time though, if I was a general manager, if you're having your kid born in the middle of the season, that should be contractually a salary decrease. For the rest of the year, the salary decrease. You have X month to X month during the season to fornicate with your spouse. And if you are not able to conceive a child during that section, then you're done for the year. It has to fit within the off season window. That is a bit harsh. Uh, Alex Verdugo, you done screw up. Well, a bit of positive news for the Mets is that Noah Syndergaard is uh, pretty close to returning from Tommy John. Uh, They've been without him for over the past two years. Uh, He had a bit of, uh, or so he embarked on an rehab, a rehab assignment in May. And then he got elbow inflammation. The club had to shut him down for an additional six weeks. Uh, he is still in hopes of a late season return, uh, but it looks like if he returns, not going to be able to be as a starter. Uh, this is going to mean that he will be coming out of the bullpen, hopefully at some point in September. And also it's important to know that he's a free agent after this year. So he's still trying to go out there and show his worth to some extent. He's going to want to get some innings under his belt this this year. So I just wonder how they how Luis Rojas is going to use this guy out of the bullpen. I mean, realistically, LJ, he should automatically be like the seventh inning guy, right? Like sixth or seventh inning guy to start. Um, To start. Yeah. I mean, again, just throw him in clean innings. Clean middle innings, I think, is the, the best spot to put him through the rest, through the majority of September. Have him start an inning, though. Don't, like, bring him in in the middle of an inning or anything. Yeah, I mean, well, really, I think more than that is just at least make sure the bases are clear. Yeah. That, that That's more important than starting an inning or any of that. Um, realistically, again, this is a guy – what I'm assuming that is, is in place of a full rehab time to build up the arm strength to make starts. 
if that's the case, this guy's still going to be working towards being a starter next season. Right. Meaning, meaning odds are he's going to build up enough arm strength to do multiple innings at some point during September towards the back end. So that could become very valuable if and only if this team is actually still competing for something at the end of September. Um, also, I, I really liked your choice of words there. Embarked on a rehab assignment. It just sounds so. It, it sounds adventurous. It sounds like he. It sounds like he's traveling up into the Swiss Alps to find this hidden grotto with a spa that will magically heal his elbow. I think we should start using that a little more often. Yeah, you know, I was more trying to make the point that uh, that was back in May and that he had a six-week setback because of it. But, uh, yeah, I do agree that embarked was probably a pretty good choice of word there. Uh, But, I mean, the Mets rotation, that's been a big reason as to why they've had just a terrible last few weeks that's seen them fall to third place. Uh, any sort of contribution that they're going to get from, from Cindergaard uh, is just going to be nice to, you know, at least somewhat boost their chances to get back in this, in this race. But uh, like I said, these, these few months of the year are very important. Last few months of the year are very important for Cindergaard. Uh, because he's trying to build his 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 market up, not only for the Mets but for other teams. Uh, this is a guy who I can realistically see the Mets not wanting to pay and letting walk this off season. You see, while you say that, I was about to mention the fact of this team is certainly willing to spend money. They're willing to go out and do stuff. They're aggressive in most facets of the game right now. So it's interesting to me that they haven't, you haven't heard anything about them trying to work an extension over the past couple months, because especially yeah. after that setback, I'm, I'm seeing a green light to go out and try to get this guy, because if you could just get him to take a one year on the cheap, certainly below market value, because he isn't hundred percent sure what he's going to get at that point in time. There's no better time for you to think he won't bet on himself than after he has that six-week setback. So I'm, I'm really surprised we hadn't heard anything coming out of the Mets camp from the, about that. Also, I mean, I'm not very concerned about Tommy John for him. So he's only 28 right now. So he misses his age 27 and, and then pretty much – all of his age 28 year but how many guys have we seen bounce back from that surgery even from a young age I mean Steven Strasburg Walker Bueller and then you even look at guys who are older when they had it like a Nathan Avaldi, like a Jamison Tyone both who had it twice you know uh these guys come back throwing harder than they were originally they they're building their arm back up stronger than they could prior to having the surgery remember it's a it's basically a brand new tendon in there that is that has never undergone the throwing a baseball motion so when you're able to build that up and you have a very fresh tendon in your arm 
when you're 29 years old, I mean, the ball is just going to absolutely explode out of his hand and is going to be really fun to watch whoever he ends up uh, pitching for for the next, you know, I don't know, hopefully 10 years because he was one of the most exciting pitchers to watch just from like a pure stuff standpoint. I mean, talk about overpowering hitters. He could strike out 200 guys in a year. And I, I think he ended, I think that's what he did a couple of years ago was struck out over 200 batters, but also allowed the most earned runs in the league at the same time. And was still a very productive pitcher. It's just, it's just his style and uh, it's fun to watch. All right, where are we thinking about going next? I believe we're going to head out to Kansas City with a spot that, I mean, I, you know, I shouldn't be surprised when I look at this and look at the numbers and I see this this year. But it really, it really is when you consider his age. Salvador Perez just hit his 29th home run of the season this evening. I believe it was actually, was it 28 and 29th? Um, Did he I was not this? able to watch much of the Yankee game tonight. I know that they did suffer a loss. I can get it for you. I, and I know that he hit at least one home run because I got the alert from the MLB app. Salvador Perez, just, just one home run. Or two home runs oh, two. tonight. Yes, you're right. Two home runs. Yeah, so he's at 29, which is now officially his career high in his last three full seasons or two last two yeah sorry his last three seasons of 60 games or more he has hit 27 or more with 27 and 27 in 2017 and 18 and then of course now he's got 29 now this is this is quite honestly for a guy that we have all long knew to be a great catcher, one of the best catchers in the league, for him to go out and have his best season of his career at 31 is very promising. Yeah, I am. I'm sure the team that's uh, that's the happiest with this, the people that are happiest with this, is the front office for the Royals. They just inked this guy to uh, a four-year, $82 million extension that starts next year, goes through 2025. They got a club option for 2026. So why not, you know, show this team? I am absolutely worth every penny that you just spent on me. I know you guys don't spend a lot of money in general, but to see them make such a financial commitment to him uh, and then have him you know, be playing really good uh, must feel really nice for Kansas City, even with this sort of down year that they have been having. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I don't have any statistics behind what I'm saying here, but just from a logic standpoint, it doesn't seem normal nor human for this guy to continue to get better and better while still being behind the plate as he gets older. I mean, reasonably, that's the reason that half of these stars that come in as catchers end up moving to the outfield is because they don't want to wear out their entire body. This is a guy who now not only has been catching in the league since 2011, he's got 10 years in him, but he has, 
I believe it's seven years, six years, six years where he has played 129 or more games, whether DH or catching. That's a lot of games for any catcher, regardless of position as designated hitter or catcher. So to continue to do it and to continue to get better at 31 is incredibly impressive. And again, yeah, this is, he's currently sitting slashing 274, 307, 506 for an 813 OPS. That is his best by a pretty clear margin in any season that he has played more than 40 games. It's also worth worth noting that uh, in every full season he's played, he's made the all-star game. So very, very consistent player year after year, especially offensively and can't forget defensively. No, of course you can't. This is a guy, again, that it begs to wonder, where is the peak for him? Is it now? Is it three years from now? Is this guy going to end up being the type that just keeps getting stronger into his 30s and that is able to play into his 40s? I'm not sure. The only thing that I would be concerned about if I'm Salvador Perez is, is this team really going to ever line up with your prime? Because as much as you were very much essential during those runs to the World Series and all of those really good years, you were an essential piece. You weren't the offensive star. You're on the precipice, especially with how great a 2020 he had. You're on the brink of being a star, a offensive star as well as defensive and leader. So if they were able to put together a solid lineup in the next couple of years, that could end up being very good for his legacy. Well, uh, Hopefully they're able to get a couple of these prospects to work out and they are able to put uh, another contending team around Salvi. That would be very nice. Nice. But uh, so this next segment, I believe we are bringing back a segment that we had been doing uh, in the past. Is that right, LJ? Yes, sir. We're going to go ahead and bring it back to back in the old days when we did the Thursday rundowns. We've got hot or not. We're going to go through. Brandon will have the American League. I will have the National League. And we will tell you who we think is playing the best over the last week to 10 days. And we will tell you who has been the worst team over that stretch as well. All right. Well, uh, LJ, if you want to tell us who is hot in the National League. There is only one team that is a possible answer here. And I believe the conga line of fans that has been going across the United States right now for them is probably going to be heading around my house very soon. The Philadelphia Phillies are not only the hottest team in the league, but they're having a really good time with it. Yeah, they're they are now winners of eight straight. They've got they've gone eight and two in their last ten, of course. So not only that, but this has now propelled them into the division lead in the NL East, dethroning the New York Mets, who sat atop that division. I believe it was at least ninety days. It was at least three months that the Mets held the division title. They're gone now, 
and looks like they could be potentially out of the picture. And you, you realistically, with the way that all of the energy is going, the way the tides are turning, I could certainly see a situation where they don't slow down anytime soon. Granted, this is an incredibly difficult series they've got going against the Dodgers right now. I mean, we're not counting that toward, we're not counting tonight towards it because of course it is right. It's happening. Everything's happening right now. It's happening live. And it's also technically not the past week. So the Phillies are absolutely the hottest team in the league. They may get punched in the mouth by the Dodgers, but they'll pick it right back up against the Reds and the Diamondbacks. All right. The team that's hot in the American League is the Tampa Bay Rays. Honorable mention to Oakland. But look, in the last 20 games, Tampa has the best record in the league at 14 and 6. Uh, they've scored the most runs out of anyone in the last 20 games, which is really scary because when Tampa Bay's offense is doing something, you know that uh, you're in trouble because you always know that they're going to pitch good. And it, I believe they're scoring over six and a half runs a game over their last 20. So I, I don't know what has gotten into the offense ever since, since uh, Nelson Cruz got there, but they are, just on another level right now. Guys like Randy Arozarena, Nelson Cruz, Brandon Lau have all been really stepping up as of late uh, offensively. And look, it sucks that they lose Tyler Glass now. He's going to have to get Tommy John surgery. And this rotation really isn't the greatest name-wise, but they always are able to put together innings uh, pitching somehow. And they have so many pitchers on the IL right now that just just getting back a few of those arms is going to really help uh, here down the stretch. All right. Well, moving over to the NL again for the team that is not the coldest team in the league right now is also going to be from the NL East, the New York Mets. Look, I don't think there's a possible scenario where you could have less momentum than they do right now. This was their one chance. Negative momentum. Negative it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's hurting. It's no, it's, it's, it's doing more than, than hurting the team. It's just going back and somehow pulling, practically pulling wins away from them. Well, really it, it did. It did. It did. Because this is a very winnable series, even for a 500 talent Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a it's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. 
because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Mets team, this is a very winnable series against the Nationals, and all of a sudden you get a rain out tonight, meaning a doubleheader tomorrow. That took that flat out did take a game away from them. They needed to come out strong in this national series to get any sort of footing for the next couple of weeks, much less considering the lack of the negative momentum they had from the past couple of weeks. Nothing is going the Mets way. I was posed with a question earlier. What return to the Mets do you think would make the biggest difference and which one could turn the tides? I don't think there is a single guy out there that's turning the tides of this of this team right now. Granted, Jacob DeGrom is a great player. Only takes the mound one out of every five days. Francisco Lindor is a really good player, but he is not nearly going to be the offensive impact that this team needs to be able to score with these teams that they need to to keep pace and make the playoffs. So I just don't I don't see positivity in sight for them. There's darkness at the end of the tunnel. There might not even be an end of the tunnel. We will have to see. I'm just I'm just so fascinated by the Mets now that I'm going to be checking their scores quite a few times a day just just to see what what exactly is going on over there. I know a couple people that I work with uh, are Mets fans and of course I work during the day on the weekend so a lot of times there's a there's baseball going on and able to chat with some of them and try to get a feel uh let, let's just say they're not they're very nervous uh they've seen this way too many times and they don't want to re relive it once again uh but the team that is cold in the american league is none other than the texas rangers who not only have uh the second worst record in the American League by only half a game because they have won one more game than the Orioles have, and they've only played one more game than the Orioles have. Uh, the Rangers have lost six games in a row. LJ, listen to this one. In their last 20 games, they have scored 49 runs, which is good for about a little less than two and a half runs per game for their last 20. So what you're saying is if they were to get a quality start from their pitcher every single time out, the odds are that they would be about 500 during the stretch. That like that's a quality start, and then the bullpen comes in and doesn't allow any runs. Yeah, every game. Again, that yeah, we're talking about a 500 team. If that's what happened, if if they get amazing pitching, yes, they're only a 500 team. If this was the 2018 Astros, they're a 500 team over the stretch. Well. <laughs> They're four and sixteen. So, well, that uh, makes that makes that makes that makes a, them a two hundred team. <laughs> makes <laughs> quite a bit of sense. 
I mean, some of these guys on their offense, Yanni Hernandez playing. Yeah, I was saying, they could be in a situation right now. Actually, no, they are in the same situation as Washington and Chicago right now. The difference is they've been in that situation all year. Like, you they don't like a Curtis Perry at DH? Bro, I honestly would like to go through this and find how many guys' names I actually know. I could I'm probably. Not, I'm not. Name. I'm not familiar with a third of that lineup. All right, I'm LJ. I have no. Don't clue. don't look at the lineup. Okay, scroll up on the page. Okay. Let's name ten Rangers who are like who have played this year, like and are still on the team. Okay. All right, we got Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Nate Lau. Brock Holt. Nate Lau. Nate Lau. Adelise Garcia. All right. Ibanez. Andy Ibanez. Yep. Uh, all right. Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> well, <laughs> 20 years ago, yes. Well, to be fair, I think we're putting too much too much of a challenge on ourselves here. If we could name 10 Rangers from any era, I think that's a fair challenge for any MLB fanatic. <laughs> Nelson Cruz, Josh Hamilton, Bartolo Colon, Elvis Andrus. I just named your two World Series teams. <laughs> Cole oh. Hamels. Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels. Why is Cole Hamels a Dodger again, I ask? But yeah, also backtracking towards the Washington thing, should it scare me that I legitimately feel I, I, I remember every single person in that rotation? Like, that's not good. The fact that, or granted, maybe that is good that they have at least one part of their team that you generally have a feel for every single player in that section. I have no clue what the heck's going on in that bullpen. I maybe know half the lineup. Yeah, the Cubs is if if you want to see like a rough lineup, the Cubs have a guy named Greg Dykeman who they apparently traded for from mm-hmm. from Oakland. And also Frank Swindle who they claimed off of waivers from Oakland. Two separate transactions. Two completely separate transactions. Don't you see what a great thing that is, though? To have him there? All he does is Schwinn. And All he does is Schwinn no matter what. Also, this is news to me. Janesway Fargus is on the Cubs because the Mets – must have DFA'd him, put him on waivers, and the Cubs picked him up. Good for Janesway Fargus, but bad for the Mets to not use one of his options this year. Unless they didn't, unless the Mets don't have a spot on their 40 man roster and they needed to DFA him to get like Javi Baez or someone, there's no reason why like you wouldn't keep that guy on your team. He was playing games for you like in May. Like he was he was on your team. So well, to be fair, I could have played in the outfield for the New York Mets in May. Um well there's the there's a team called the New York Yankees, which 
could certainly use an outfielder right now as they have uh, four on the IL. You could join Trey Amberge, uh on the IL if you'd like. Do you like an hamburger? Yeah, just a nice little hamburger. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, here's the other thing. So, John's, John Shway, uh Fargus, in July, he was waived in July, meaning he was probably moved because of the Javi Baez deal, seeing that was the only significant, that's the only one I can remember trade-wise that they made over that stretch. Reasonably, that is probably part of the reason they did it. So the question now becomes, could they, they probably could have communicated that for a better deal if the guy that they, the guy that they waived in order to, that's where I'm from, the guy, the guy, okay, the guy that they waived in order to bring Javi Baez in was then brought in by the team that just traded you Javi Baez. I, I think yeah, wait, really couldn't have they have just put him in the trade if they yeah. needed a spot? That's what I'm saying, is they could have done that. Odds are they probably wouldn't have had to give up whatever the bottom prospect in that deal was. Probably could have been a little less lower caliber if they're hot this high on Fargus. So this is a very poorly constructed deal by the Mets. I believe there was – it was just a one – was it just that one kid who they drafted last year, Pete Crow Armstrong? I think he was the only piece in the deal. Or no, there may have been one more still, though. Yeah, very strange moves made by, you know, I question what the Cubs, me, me and you were really harsh on the Cubs this offseason and understandably. And, you know, I would take a big, a big, reason i i think me and you are a big reason as to why the cubs sold uh they've been listening to us yeah no they've been listening they know the fans aren't happy so they're like yeah we'll just we'll just sell sell everything but in the mets brandon how much time have you ever spent in the city of chicago not a lot uh i think i might have spent a total of 30 minutes i think my so so good my uncle lives in Chicago, have never got out there to actually see him in Chicago. I see my uncle, he comes to New York to see me, but can't say I've ever gone out to Chicago to see him. And yet we somehow have the voice of the people. We have the pulse of the Chicago Cubs fan base, and we have demeaned and harassed this, this front office into a fire sale. They're in our Twitter DMs, or not Twitter DMs, just, but it seems like we interact with on TikTok and everything more Cubs and Mets fans than, than anyone else. Oh, yeah, them and Phillies fans really seem to... We have the National League covered. We have the National League covered. I'm really, I, I don't know why. I just genuinely enjoy Phillies fans. It's Maybe it's, maybe it's the desperation over the it's, decades. It's the Philadelphia... The crazy fan in everybody but also the kind of sane baseball fan you know not the crazy nfl fan who shows it on the outside 
they're sane on the outside, but then they realize that they're from a Philadelphia and then just have to be a little crazy. Well, it, it's it's the type of people that interact with our, our main man, Matt Vesey, from Philly's Bell. Mm. Like, that, that, that really is it. You get class acts interacting with other class acts. But I don't know. It's just they're fun people. Maybe it's just the desperation. I mean, what are they? Has it been a decade since they've made the playoffs? No, they made the playoffs one of those year, one of these years, right? Uh, I don't if, think so. If they haven't made the playoffs, no, I swear, Alde, they had to have at least one time. Brandon, I really don't think so. Nope, it's been twenty since twenty eleven. <laughs> yeah, the decade old playoff drought kind of breeds desperation. So. And they've had two seasons since then where they went exactly 81 and 81. LJ, how would how would you feel if you're if you managed a team throughout the whole year and it's like, damn, we really finished exactly 500. Like we just played 162 games and we couldn't be one game above 500 or one game under 500. We are the definition of average is basically what that is. You know, well, how I miss Gabe Kapler's manager of the Phillies. LJ, I believe it was you who was saying the Phillies could use a young manager. Was that you who said it one time? And then I was like, oh, if only, or no, it was someone else. Uh, someone who I work with, he's a big Phillies fan. And he's like, if only the Phillies had that young manager who, you know, can relate to the players, uh, you know, I don't know. I heard I heard some guy went out to San Francisco. He used to be in Philly. You ever heard of him? Like, oh my God. Like to be fair, just, I mean such a mess. How could you like realistically fire Gabe Kapler after you didn't really give him anything to work with? And then after you fire him, it's like, okay, now we're gonna change around our front office. It's you know, it it is really it is sad because you know. I'm not going to complain with Joe Girardi. No. I mean, that that is still a plus-plus manager, but you certainly would rather have Gabe Kapler than you would Joe Girardi right now. Not, not only is the youth a thing, not necessarily because of the amount of time he can stay around because the shelf life for any manager is not that long, but more so that connection with the players. And then if you look at just straight job performance, Gabe Kapler is getting more out of what we thought was a worse roster going into the season and is somehow competing against better competition very well. Yeah, it's Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It really is surprising, but uh, LJ, we have one last story we're going to talk about here prior to Small Talk Smackdown, and it is a big one. 
Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., of course, was placed on the IL just 10 days ago. It seemed as though that he was uh, pretty close to a season-ending surgery on his shoulder. Uh, and now it looks as he has recovered enough, again, uh, from this shoulder issue, and he'll be able to get back into the Padres lineup. But it looks like he's going to be at a new position as he wasn't taking grounders at shortstop today. He was working as an outfielder. And it looks like the Padres are planning to shift him between center field and right field when he does return. Uh, I mean, this is just not something I was expecting to read or see today. Yeah, LJ, thoughts on Fernando Tatis as a center field slash right fielder? Look, I do have to give you credit. I had not seen this until you told me. Not only was I shocked and kind of laughed to begin with, but when you said that, I assumed you meant a left fielder. I full out assumed you meant a left fielder. So basically what you're telling me is, oh, yeah, all right, it's a 50-50 with right, but still center. You're going to take the injured guy and you're going to pull him away from his natural position, which he, with the exception of his some, some struggles, is normally pretty good, can make really good plays. You're going to pull him away from that natural position and put him at the third most, second or third most, demanding defensive position in baseball so he doesn't get hurt that's what you're telling me you're also talking about a guy who has spent his entire career playing at his hardest and those types of guys aren't the guys that ever really slow down from that so you cannot tell me that he's gonna keep protect his body playing center field you just can't tell me that i mean right field's a little different but still that just well, the, the thing is that in any other case, you're absolutely right where the outfield is putting a lot more stress on your body uh, than the infield. However, in this case, it's a bit unique because it's with the shoulder and it's almost like they need to get him, they need him to be throwing the ball less than he currently is like think about how much more you're throwing the ball as an infielder isn't it his left shoulder all this says is that uh hold on where was it i could have sworn the the injury the initial injury was in the left shoulder i feel like it just said it somewhere Tatis took batting practice on the field, so he continues to progress well. Seems he might not be far away from yet another fairly quick recovery from what seemed to be a serious injury. It says Tatis would play every day in center or right field, leaving Trent Grisham still getting the bulk of everyday assignments at the other spot, while Tommy Pham and Will Myers will end up splitting time in left field. Uh... There, yeah, there, it, uh, it is, there, is, it is his left that. shoulder. Okay, uh, let me see what I saw because I saw something that was like they want him there because it'll be better. Okay, so 
Well, surgery seems inevitable. Tatis and the Padres hope that the procedure can wait until after the season and the move to the outfield will theoretically help reduce wear and tear on Tatis's shoulder in the interim. There doesn't appear to be any concern over how Tatis will be able to handle the change from a defensive standpoint. As Padres outfield coach Wayne Kirby had rave reviews of Tatis's workouts. His instincts are impeccable. He shouldn't have any problem. Look, they may say this in theory takes the wear and tear. Would somebody like to explain that theory to me? I, I I'm sorry, I I don't I don't get where they're coming from. I would you know we should we should phone up AJ Preller, invite him to this Zoom and just have him lay it out for us. Flat out ass. I wonder if his DMs are open. AJ, we're, listen, we're gonna, buddy. We're going to hunt. Get him here. up on LinkedIn or something. Uh, what's the uh, cameo? <laughs> Jeez. Get him in cameo. Give him just like, give him like 50 bucks more than he asks for and say, just explain to us exactly why Fernando Tatis in center field is that much better a deal because I mean you think about it if he had to you're not going to be doing anything insane to the shoulder at shortstop unless you're diving for a ball which may come a situation where you can dive and actually do something about a play might come once a game or at most more realistically three times a week two times a week so I just, I, I guess I don't see that shoulder as that much of a problem on defense. The other thing that should be reminded is the two times that this has had an issue, the two times that he has had issues with this left shoulder this year, one was at the plate, the other was sliding into third base. So yeah. that doesn't, the defense just doesn't seem to have anything to do with it. What I think is more realistic, and maybe they're just blaming it, uh, uh, using the shoulder as example, is they're trying to get more infielders in. I mean, you have Adam Frazier here, you got Manny Machado, you got Jake Cronenworth, you've got Ha Seong Kim, who's, I guess, become a fan favorite in uh, San Diego very quickly. So there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen right now. And if you can find a way to play the rest of them a little more consistently, then that might be the way to go. But if this is entirely about the injury, I'm sorry, you are the third best team in your division. That might make you the fourth best team in the league, in your league, but I just don't, I don't see this as being this golden winning opportunity for them. Why screw around with the rest of Tatis's career potentially? Right. Like it's like you could just shut him down for the rest of the year. You figure San Francisco is not going to be nearly as good in the upcoming years as you project to be. I mean, we're forgetting that the Padres also have some top, top prospects that are still yet to come up, like a Mackenzie Gore, a Robert Hassel, a C.J. Abrams. I mean, these guys were 2021, 22, 23 guys. Padres have a big future ahead of them, a lot brighter than the Giants. It doesn't make a lot of sense why they are kind of going all in for this season and going crazy just to get a wild card spot. Like it's 
I don't know. It's it's strange to me, but I mean, at least we're gonna get some fun fun clips of Tatis in the outfield because you already know he's gonna make some real exciting plays. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I just hope they don't screw this up. All right, we are, I believe, running a little just under an hour. Do we still want to do? Uh, small talk yeah sure i mean if you want to do it i mean i feel like we've we've uh, covered a couple teams today but we could certainly fit in two more hey it's it's your call yeah sure let's do it okay let me take a little break from the aj preller search and uh... still trying to find a phone number for aj preller as lj pulls up the wheel i'll remind All everyone right. small talk smackdown uh LJ spins a wheel. We get about a minute to talk about whatever team uh, the wheel lands on. So just, yeah, whoever it is, I will, I'll be ready. Who we got or pulling it up. All right. I, I do have the Padres main line. Great. All right. Um... Spinning. Who, who, it, was, who it, was, it was the Rays. Oh. The Cincinnati Reds. All right. The Cincinnati Reds. Well, yesterday, me and LJ both picked them to beat the Cleveland Indians in a one-game uh, series that was a makeup from May. They both – and uh, – <laughs> We were both wrong as they failed to do so. Today, the Reds continued their uh, season. They played today. The Braves, they suffered a 3-2 to two loss. Look, LJ and I talked about it yesterday. Cincinnati is still technically in this. I mean, you would, we would need an epic collapse from San Diego for Cincinnati to slide into this last wild card spot, but it's certainly not out of the question. You know, I think it's a lot less, less likely now that Tatis is going to be in the lineup for San Diego at some point uh, more than likely. So, you know, Cincinnati is a team where, and uh, if there was an expanded playoff this year, they would, I, I feel like they would fit in perfect and would be a dark horse to really get out of the national league. Uh, I think, I don't really think that's that bold. I mean, they have the starting pitching to be able to pitch a, a top three in a series and be okay. The, the bullpen is shaky, but they have one of the best offenses in the league to combat it. So yeah. Hopefully they can somehow make a little magic happen, get a San Diego drought, and they can slide in. All right. Let's see who we got next. We will not be doing the Cincinnati Reds again. (laughs) What are the odds, though? We got 30 teams in here. St. 
Louis Cardinals. Where to begin with the St. Louis Cardinals? I guess we can be begin by asking, I mean, if I was in an elevator with a St. Louis Cardinals fan, the first thing I ask, where do you think things went wrong? Because there really isn't a single spot on this team that is overperforming. Everybody is performing at a consistently mediocre level. You look at this, 25th in runs scored, uh, 15th in starter ERA, 18th in reliever ERA. I mean, if I were a fan, I guess I would have to initially point to the offense, but this feels a lot like a situation where you've got a team that thought they had a much better group than they actually did going in here, and now they aren't exactly sure where they can possibly go and make this team better. Of course, I think you've got a couple guys here that are incredibly good and certainly don't need to be moved. Dylan Carlson is still so young, playing so well. He's going to be there for a very long time in right field. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Yadi Molina, totally fine. But then you got guys like Harrison Bader, Paul DeYoung, Tommy Edmond, all guys that have a lot of service time left and don't necessarily have to be moved. The question becomes, do, does the team actually want to move them? Do they want to make aggressive changes to correct this roster and correct this scoring? I, I mean, I, I think you could go either way because at the same time, you look at the youth or at least major league inexperience of this team and say maybe if we hold on a little longer things actually will get better in a year or two but at the same time if you wait too long on this you've got a 33 year old Paul Goldschmidt and a 30 year old Nolan Arenado you're not going to get maximum value out of these guys forever so the clock is going to be ticking when you bring in vets like this so you better act fast. Well, all right. Uh, I think that is a great spot to call it. Thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast once again. Check us out, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. Uh, check out all of the Belly Up Sports uh, accounts on all those social medias as well and play our trivia game on our Twitter. But thank you for listening once again, and we'll see you tomorrow. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a with the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.